Hey y'all, thank you guys so much for watching. Today we have a really interesting testimonial from Todd Stroud, who's a retired police officer that was involved in the J.C. Dugard case. You may have heard his name, but if not, he tells us more on the J.C. Dugard situation, about how he came to Christ, and even random things like how he broke his ankle recently. So stay tuned. We give God all the praise. Thank you, Lord, for having this happen. Enjoy the testimonial. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and we just lay everything at your feet. We ask, Lord, that everything within self we die to tonight and that anything that we speak about or that comes to heart we ask that the Holy Spirit moves us and continues to guide us we ask Lord that you you just go before us and with everything that's being said father we ask that hearts be opened minds being transformed and that someone out there that is watching or listening that they can take something from todd and they can apply it to their own lives that is the thing is that we speak your name and that we know that you can do all things through christ who strengthens us so we ask that we plant seeds and that you continue to water we love you and we praise you in jesus name amen amen okay todd so the first thing is we're gonna you know that we want to know is how was it growing up you know what how was your lifestyle were you uh you know one of those mischievous kids or were you uh <laughs> well i grew up uh head martinez and i grew up uh with a single mom um my parents divorced uh when i was four years old and um wasn't brought up in any kind of a religious sense at all or i we went may have gone to church once or twice and it was never we were never even anywhere near getting close to god at that point never really talked about it uh growing up but um, yeah, I was. Um, I think I was a pretty good kid, you know, growing <laughs> up and and uh, going through high school. And and my mom, I think, did a pretty good job raising me. Right, right. So you have siblings, then? I'm I have taking. a sister. Yes, you have a sister? younger sister. Yeah, younger sister. So you were the older brother. Yes. And um, so you were kind of the the man of the house then, per it, se. You know, and in a lot of cases, it ends up being that way, and that's that's just the way that it is. Yeah, I, I was the man of the house. Uh, yeah, growing up with a mother yeah. and a sister, and yeah. trying to figure out life yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what high school did you go to? Alhambra High School. Alhambra, and that's in Martinez, that's correct? That's uh, Martinez, yes. Yeah, right on. Yeah, so I mean, it's funny how I grew up with a lot of siblings. So I have, um, there's eight of us total. Okay. And um, out of the first six, I was the youngest, and then I have a younger brother and younger sister. So, okay. you know, seeing them be the men of the house um, at times. But my dad was, I was more of a daddy's little girl. Okay. So my, that's my biggest thing. And you being a child for your mom and being the man of the house, how did that? Uh, take a toll on you well um it, sh it i grew up i think a little bit faster than i um, than maybe most kids do yes. when you have that kind of responsibility i don't necessarily regret it um i had a paper route when i was 12 wow. delivering the martinez news gazette uh, myself and my sister um and uh going around and getting up i think back in the day back there the news gazette was six days a week so wow. getting up at 5 5 30 in the morning folding newspapers going out on our bikes uh, if it wasn't raining and delivering papers and then um going out and collecting we used to go collect at that time which would never happen in today's <laughs> day and age but uh, right. uh you know and uh, from that point forward i, I it always comes up in discussions that i've always had a job i've always right. i've never not worked since three years ago when i well two and a half years ago when i retired <laughs> so uh yeah it was uh, the responsibility part was was there um i i worked for um my you know for most of my clothes and, and that sort of thing if i want to buy baseball cards or buy any kind of you know 
know, whatever. Um, I right. had a job to do. Right. Being taken on the responsibility, especially at a young age, yeah. which is awesome. I meant, you know, people nowadays, which I hate to say, it's like Gen Z, they call it. Um, you know, they want everything handed to them. Yeah. And hearing your story and being able to go back to you had to work for anything, baseball cards, as little as that. You yeah. Know? I have a grandson who just wants everything like, you know, let me have, let me have, which is, you know, something I'm trying to teach him. But moving forward with that, it becomes a challenge. It becomes a challenge, you know, as growing up and you're responsible. And I remember uh, paper routes. Mm-hmm. We used to get up really early, like you said, 5, 5.30. And I yeah. used to help my brothers and them roll papers and, you know, and they get on their bikes and then I go back to sleep. But they'd be up early doing yeah. the paper route. And back then, like you said, taking and collecting the money, whether it was 75 cents or $1.50 if they did for the, you yeah. know, month or year. Um, growing up and moving into um, adulthood, which so happens that you were adulthood when you were younger, but growing up and moving to adulthood, did you have any plans on becoming, you know, anybody or something or what was your, what what was your goals? How did you move forward? Well, when I was really, really young, uh, well, I, I started watching um, Adam 12 oh, and, and Emergency <laughs> and I'm, I know I'm dating myself a lot, but no. <laughs> I, I grew up with, with the, watching those shows. I, my mom worked for the sheriff's department. She was a, a civilian employee there and oh. my dad was a reserve for uh, both Martinez Police Department and Concord Police Department. Okay. And so I was around that a lot. I had a lot of friends in high school that wanted to be firefighters and yeah, I was it was kind of a mixed thing for me. Which way right. do I go? And um I they didn't really have an explorer program. I started getting you know, they had a somehow I was introduced to the explorer program at Martinez Police Department and um they didn't have a fire one, but I I chose that and, and I pretty much stuck with it um at the age of fifteen. Wow. Okay, so you kind of already had that mindset. I kind of had that mindset and it, it, it quite honestly it, it kept me on the straight and narrow going yes. through because I was focused on that um, at 18 I was hired as a uh, reserve deputy sheriff with Contra Costa County Sheriff and wow. at that time I don't know if it's changed or not but at that time I was the youngest um, because she, I was sworn deputy of reserve um, at 18 years old and I, I look at it now it's like I, I, how do you I can't even picture an 18 year old going out and carrying a gun qualifying no. going out and do that stuff and um, it was uh, different, and, and we talked about the responsibility part of it. I think that that kind of pushed me that way um, to be responsible. I passed all the the psych tests and all that other stuff, and and they took a chance on me, and they didn't know where to put me. They didn't know at an eighteen <laughs> at an eighteen year old uh, cop, I guess. And I, I, I at eighteen, I looked like I was fifteen still. Right, right. Um, so that was that part of the the, the responsibility part. And then uh, after I did the the reserve thing, um, I got uh, Concord PD put me through the uh, the academy. Me and I ended up with a career with Concord B for 30 years where I retired. Wow, that's amazing. Um, to me, it just sounds like as you were growing up, though, um, as a believer for myself, that God was preparing you for those next moments. And I know that at the beginning you mentioned to us before we started recording that it was a minute before you actually became a believer, which we'll get to that. Yeah. But I, I believe just by hearing your story right now that God was preparing you, the responsibility of becoming the person that you are today, which which is awesome which is really awesome. I, I believe so too. I, I, you know, you look back and you look at the different things that happen in your life and everything happened for a reason. Correct. So. Correct. Um, growing now your, your sister, you say, right. Um, did she go into a path of straight and narrow or was it more of a, um, cause she was younger than you, correct? She was two and a half years she younger. Half she years is, yeah. Graduate from high school yeah. and, and follow mom's footsteps maybe, or did yeah, she take she, a totally she went different, and, um, she went into, a college did some college and did some 
full-time work, uh, different things, and I uh, end up getting married and, and basically Ooh. becoming a, a stay-at-home mom. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, a lot of women like to be a stay-at-home mom, you know, with the careers and all that. Um, but I guess but you taking that step as a, the man of the house, um, your mom must have been really proud of you. I hope so. I, <laughs> I, I hope I made her proud. To, yeah, probably, really proud. Um, I'm going to bring up a subject, um, but in you being in the law enforcement, and by all means, if there's something that you don't want to speak about or you do or, you know, if you're uncomfortable, we have no problem with you, you know, letting us know. Um, But there was an incident when you were in the law enforcement back in, I think it was 2009. Um, How did you prepare yourself for that? Not knowing, but knowing that you're going to have to do a great diligent for the Lord. Uh, That was a tough one. Um, And we're specifically talking um, the J.C. Dugard um, discovery in Concord and where I was working. Um, How I prepared myself to deal with that uh i i don't know i think a lot of it um i was on our peer support team i was coordinating our peer support team i believe at that time um which is providing peer-to-peer assistance with with officers uh, during critical incidents and that sort of thing so we had some kind of i don't know what you want to call it first aid trauma you know coaching kind of counseling kind of stuff going on um that was a um i remember the day in fact i was about a block away when the call came out and i was working in investigations at that time i didn't have my portable radio with me and i didn't know until i came back to the station to find out that what had it happened and uh-huh. the ironic thing was like when uh one of my partners had mentioned uh when i came back to the station i heard what was going on i said no what's going on and she said oh, they found jc dugard and uh um uh, around the corner basically it was at uh the parole office uh on um parkside and I just I'd, I'd pause for a second. I, I remembered that name because right. I at that time I don't know if you remember there was a there is several girls young girls that were kidnapped during that time within the time period within yeah. uh, a year or so uh, right. Amber Schwartz Garcia and uh, Irene Mishloff and, and, and just to name a few of them and, and JC was one of them even though she was kidnapped out of um, South Lake Tahoe it I remembered that name so um, it's like holy cow these things don't happen. No. No, you know, no. you see, we don't. After 18, 18 years, eighteen years, it just for a uh, long time. Yeah, these things just don't happen. It's a long time. So I mean, like you know, like I mentioned, um, putting you at the right place at the right time. Um, God works crazy and mysterious ways, and that's that's what I believe. And you know, I've known that since I was little. But to have someone like you, um, and when I mean like you, is like a young man being the father of the you know the household, being the man. Um, living with your mom and your sister, working at age 15, you know, taking on that responsibility of stuff. Um, God has really placed you in a place where you're very humble. You're very, very humble. I've talked to you many times. Um, I've seen you. I've seen you with your beautiful bride. As you can tell, we look over to this way because there's beautiful <laughs> brides over there, which you guys will hear about her later. Um <laughs> And you are just a very settled, humble man. Um, I don't know if people tell you that, but you are really humble. Um, and I remember speaking to you in the past where you've told me you don't take credit for anything. Uh, you just continue to be you. And yeah. whatever's laid before you, um, you take it with great pride because it's something special to you. Mm-hmm. And in that case, when you were, as they call the chosen one, as the gatekeeper, as you would say, um, for her, um, 
how did that turn out for the future for you? I mean, how, what were the you know what were the steps that you had to take to actually protect this woman and her and her two children? Well, uh, it was it was um, pretty difficult actually. Um, I, I've never really spoken publicly. I gave one reporter interview that uh, he got <laughs> he got a hold of me um, during the anniversary, um, and uh, we we spoke, but uh, he was the only one I, at that time. There was a huge huge international interest in the in the case right um basically how i got involved it was kind of a, a several different things we had the girls their daughters were in the station um at that time they they hadn't eaten lunch and then i ran out and this is stuff that we do right. we just go out and grab them some you guys eat mcdonald's and yeah grab them some mcdonald's came back and um i was asked to sit with them for a little bit uh, i was asked to go downstairs in the jail and keep an eye on uh, philip garrido for a little bit and then i came up and uh, was asked to uh the fbi there was a series of things that were getting, getting involved Correct. including bringing the fbi in el dorado county sheriff uh, and i was asked to sit with uh, jc for a little bit i introduced myself um to her and we we chatted for a little bit and tried to we talked about the preparation part you know being a cop is right. you have to relate to people you have to be personable you have to be able to relate to relate to them um she was a victim at that time i mean she's she still is a victim and she's a victim and um i knew that there was probably some really bad things that that happened Perhaps. with this thing we didn't get in a lot of details on on that stuff at that time um but then using my kind of i don't want to call peer support or you know experience i had dealing with other officers and very sensitive um uh circumstances and stuff that i think that led my supervisor at that time to just say you know just kind of roll roll with this thing here right so that led to a series of different things and including getting them out of the police department and we couldn't go through the front we had to go through the back back i had to sneak them out through an unmarked uh, car and we brought them down to the hilton and uh stayed with them got them comfortable down there we had to again sneak them in down there um a lot of st- stuff that i wasn't really trained this first time i did right. this was a, as a cop i'd right. known for, just literally flying by the seat of our, our pants out here and trying to the, the main thing is we needed to protect these girls right and we had a, a reunion with the mom the following day but we needed to make sure they were going to be okay there that we didn't have any press following us um and uh that led to you know um a bunch of other things going on but uh yeah that was that was kind of the start of, of things with her right because i you know um preparing you and then how many officers would you say were in that department was there a couple hundred were there for Concord um, police yeah about oh, that time sworn yes. oh gosh that was 2009 um probably around 160 or so sworn so let's say 160 maybe 180 whatever it is the number is um you were the chosen one like you were that person and what i mean by that is like god takes that person and chose you as a humble person to be accountable for these these women you know so i, I believe it was god um I as you look back you know you just kind of you just you think about it and you're like you know how god just really worked and that's the reason why we bring and ask this this story to show people that you're not only your um duty kicked in as an officer but the duty as a son as the peer that had to be a father at the moment um and a brother mm-hmm. so being raised by your mother and having a sister and your father out of the picture god used you so that you'd be able to comfort the women that needed the most do you ever look at your life like that today like like if you ever think back at that moment like you know what he really did raise me up this way god did oh uh, not until just now <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you know, it's it's in, it is interesting that you say that. I uh, you know, it could have been a number of other yes. people that are perfectly capable of, uh, of of getting involved. And my thing from getting to know her and then right. uh, staying in contact with her for several years afterwards, and involving my wife and and my family, of course, and keeping as tight a circle as we could. Right. You know, not telling anybody and, and that sort of thing because there was again there was this, this huge amount of uh, international press right. attention. They were clamoring to trying to get her her first picture, and and we had to sneak her around different places. And uh, I helped her move. We my family got involved, helped her with her first Christmas present, helped her celebrate her first birthday. And uh, we wanted yes. to try to these girls. Um, we wanted to try to give them as much normalcy as as we could from from. And you take off my cop uniform. I'm, yes. and I'm not yes. a cop anymore. Yes. You know, and then Thank you, you also have to remember that she went through some some yes. significant significant trauma um by a, a male kidnapper right. and his and his his wife and uh i was to to get that to gain her trust um as a male right. as a male cop and the, and the issues that she had while she was in captivity and that maybe the i don't want to say distrust of law enforcement but there were some missteps along the way you're a man while she was well yes. while she was in in you know the sheriff's department yes. uh, there were some missteps with that and i want to place blame on anything but there was some you know some distrust there right. and we had to work very not just me but my family worked very hard to just right. try to show some normalcy this is you know this is how kind of normal it is so it got personal it got personal. really personal for you and like i say i got equipped you for that moment and just hearing you um takes me back to it was all god you know the foundation of it everything in place to you like you said 18 years that's you know 18 years for someone to surface is really really hard like really hard people and when you really think about it um so god prepared you through your childhood through your teens through becoming a, an officer you know at 18 um and sworn in at held was it 18 or well sworn in as a reserve at, as 18, a reserve at 18 and then uh, as a full-time officer at uh, 21 see that's uh, nowadays i know officers that are barely getting sworn in at the age of 20 it's what 22 it's actually kind of rare to something? it's actually kind of rare to, to take an officer at this day and age at 20 21 a state law i believe is happy 21 now yeah, it used to I be 18 but uh, the ones that we something met. happened along the way where it's like i don't know too many 18 to 21 year olds that would number one he would want to do it but that would have the raising his hand responsibility <laughs> i think god was preparing you yes preparing you i thank you for sharing that part of your, your life with us um, you're welcome and i asked though like i said i asked that because um you're humble you're a humble man and like i said speaking to you and being around your wife and you and even interrupting a dinner when you're eating with her and asking <laughs> questions and right. you know you're really humble and um and i hope you know that that you're just you're really a humble man and god uses you and and i respect the fact that you don't you always when i've talked to you you said you know i don't you know take you know that's no 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 not me but it is who you are um so after that and you know relationship and we don't have to get into detail um and you and your family getting her comfortable and and you know and making her part of your family is an amazing is just amazing um so after that when you decided to retire from law enforcement um how was that for you oh boy it's uh <laughs> it's a mixed bag it really is a mixed bag um i retired in august of 2020 okay right in the middle of covid wow um didn't really know you know and i i, I 
we t- talked about earlier about how I had worked since I was 12. And I mean that I had worked since right. I was 12. I, there was, I'm looking, look, trying to remember back though. There was no gaps. There was no, you know, I'm going to take a break, a breather or whatever. It was, you know, delivering papers to go work in a Burger King, to working janitorial <laughs> stuff, to work in a Safeway, to, you know, ultimately where I live. And I don't regret that. It's just, that it made me right. who I am today. I, I, I'm glad I had that work ethic. I, you know, I, I can, um, hopefully teach that to, to my kids and, and I really be an example for that. But, um, it was, it was weird, um, because I was ready to retire. You know, my, uh, I wasn't getting any younger. I had some back issues. Um, and I was ready to retire, but I was coming out in the COVID. Everything was locked down. It was a very, very, as you remember, very, very strange time, very depressing time. Um, I, I kind of lost the contact at work. That's what cops say, firefighters and all that stuff. That when you retire, you lose those contacts. You're, you're not part of that, that team. Right. Anymore, the camaraderie. Um, and I wasn't working. I wasn't doing anything. And which was for the first time in my life since I was 12, I wasn't doing anything. It must have been hard. It was very difficult for me. You know, my wife can attest to that. Maggie can attest to that. It was very difficult for me. Uh, I'm getting better, but I had to learn... Um, learn new hobbies, new ways to, you know, realize that, uh, you know, this is the time to, you right. know, I've just got this window and I'm not, you know, uh, to be able to retire at 51 years old is, is not a lot of people get to do that. No. So I'm very fortunate uh, to be able to do that. And I don't take that for granted. I'm very, very thankful for that. But, uh, I also know that there's a window for me to, you know, I'm going to be active for so long and, and right. all that. So it's, it was about trying to learn new hobbies and new ways to keep my mind going and, and, um, you know, take care of things around the house that needed to be taken care of and, and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Right on. Yeah. That's awesome. We're going to go into when you first realized that you wanted to be a follower of Jesus, like when you truly wanted to turn your life over to Christ and have him lead you. Were you already married to Maggie or was it before or? So my my walk with Christ is um, probably not unlike a lot of people. It was uh, growing up, I, I did not have a relationship with Christ. I, I We just was not where we're not a religious i hate to use even use the term right, religion right. or religious we we were not brought into the, any churches my parents weren't um or didn't have any religion or um really they didn't even really talk about it growing up now fast forward a little bit going into police work um had friends that were Christians that were, you know, different faith. And, you know, I kind of listened to them here and there and I, I go through and it usually, I think it happens to a lot of people when you go through a traumatic event. And, mm-hmm. and, and in my case, it was a divorce. I was married previously for 12 years and we ended up going through a divorce. Um, I had a 10 year old son and a 15 year old uh, stepdaughter at the time. And it was, wasn't my decision, but it was very difficult to go through. And I, I know I sought, sought counseling through a Christian church and met with a Christian pastor and and I liked at that time I liked the feeling of that Um, I wanted to go there but you know I drifted and and it was after I separated that my best friend had Mm -hmm. um, said well hey I remember exactly where I was in my old house sitting on the stairs and it was literally the the worst time in in my life and when you're trying to go through that and a divorce and separation and how how are we going to how's this going to work this wasn't in the plans here this is um, is about two months after the, the separation and uh, my buddy says, Hey, do you, uh, what do you think about Maggie? And uh, <laughs> I said, 
well, what do you think? What, what are you talking about? He says, well, you know, she's single right now. What do you, what, would you be willing to talk to her? I said, why? My first response was, <laughs> why, what would she want to do with me? I'm, I'm in the worst spot in my Stay life right now. Life, and right and, and um, <laughs> long story short is I, I said, I, uh, yeah, okay, you, you know, give me the, the phone number and give me your phone number. And um, I don't know how soon after that I called her. I had to work up the courage. And, <laughs> I, you know, I called her. We went out to lunch. And, you know, the rest is the history. But but um, she she's my reason for kind of, I, I don't want to say I, I followed Christ at that time because I still had a lot, a lot of time in my career. And, right. And um, I don't know if we talked about it before, but it's like, you know, during my time in career, and I've questioned God right, a lot. Right, We all do. Huh? It, it, we all be- do. Before I got to where I am today, yeah, right. and I'm, I'm still in the in the front part of my journey. I I like to say right. I have a lot to learn. And uh, but during my career, it was just there was a lot of doubting. There was a lot. I became very cynical. Uh, I still am. I have something I need to work on. Um, very um, distrustful, I guess. Um, you know, when you see the you know as cops, we we see the 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 one of the this was the saying the baddest, the maddest, and the saddest yes. um, every single day. Right. And and people don't call the police to give us hugs. No. So we, you know, it no. was, um, you, you know, you, you you see horrible, horrible things, homicides and children, child deaths and um, car accidents. And, and it just, you, you I, I, for me personally, the question was always, why did God allow this to happen? Right. Why did God allow this to happen? And it wasn't until my wife and I had conversations about this stuff and she, she brought it up and, and had mentioned that, well, it's, it's interesting how people, they question God a lot, but they don't question the devil and they it's don't question, fact. well, there's a, another side to, to this right. thing. And that has caused me a lot of, you know, not caused me, but directed me to you know, get a lot of, do a lot of soul searching on that. And I was placed in, you know, going through peer support, both on both sides of it, on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the tables of um, someone who's been through critical incidents and having a gone through, and I'm not shy about saying I've gone seen counselors during work and, and um, uh, talked to them about critical incident stuff. We have to do that as first responders. We have to get those proverbial rocks out of our backpack. Yes. Uh, and do that. And I remember one counselor telling me one time that um, you were there and it was specifically talking about a, um, a teenager who, who was shot and um, died in front of me, took his last breath and died in front of me. And I, to this day, it's just one of those things that haunts me. But I remember talking to my counselor about that and it was basically that, hey, God put you on this. There was a reason why you were here in this at this particular time, why you didn't call in sick for work that day, yep. while you were there, while you were with this um, this kid, and you were able to give him some comfort during his last breath here. And that stuck with me. There's several things that stuck with me. Um, as a as a supervisor, um, when I got promoted, and my wife can attest to this too, uh, I would go to almost every single death call. It was by policy that you know an officer would go, whether it be a natural or right. or whatever. And I think I was working the weekend shift at that time and um I, she, how's your day she'd call her i'd call her or she'd call me midday how's it going i've had two or three to, so far today and mm-hmm. it was just it was wearing on me and then when you go and you have to do death notifications and that sort of thing and then again after more talking this stuff through it, it was right to brought to my attention that well, there's a reason why you guys and just talk talk about me in particular but i'm, I'm talking about everybody else has to yes. go through that there's a reason why we're in that position I, and and talking a faith a little bit, God puts us in that position. Yes. Um, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. And it took me to the later part of my career to start realizing that, that I'm I'm here. I'm basically a servant of God right, right. now. I'm doing a lot of the stuff. When you're a Sunday morning um, 
mean, you get a, a natural, it could be a natural death call. And we get a lot of those on Sunday morning and, you know, 75 year old wife wakes up and, and, and finds 77 year old husband deceased in bed and she has nobody there. Right. We're it. Right. We're it. And you have a couple ways to handle it. I mean, you can be, you know, be, you know, name and date of birth and all that. And, and, but there's other parts like we're, we're here and, and this is, this person's life is going to change forever. Right. And we're right here and we can either go one way or the other way. And I always chose to, I want to go this way. I know that their life is going to change and um, forever. I know the husband's not going to come back, but learning to be able to talk to somebody like that, learning to be able to, to show some comfort to them. Um, they didn't teach that stuff in academy. Um, but That's where I, I see God. Like That's just where he has taken you from way back then. And the more I hear from you is the more he prepared you for that compassion, for that, that you know, first step. As you said, their life is going to change forever. Um, we just did a podcast on law enforcement not too long ago. And one thing we mentioned is we don't walk in your shoes. Um, and you see more than any of us see. And how do, you know, that's why when it comes to law enforcement and not just law enforcement, but fire and all that, but law enforcement for me is a close thing. So when I hear stories like this, and I, I want to thank you first off for being very transparent, like you went through it, you had to deal with it. Um, and that's why we pray for you, every law enforcement out there all the time. But for you to have to be in those shoes, that shoes I can't be in. Um, I can be a chaplain and hold your hand after the fact, mm -hmm. but when you have to be present at the time and actually comfort that person, that takes a lot of God. Yeah, That takes a lot of God. And knowing that that's where you're at in that moment in time, that's amazing. That's amazing. And knowing that you talk to people about it, um, like you said, counseling or whatever it took, because it isn't, wouldn't be fair to the family if you go home and dump everything on them. No. And that's, that just doesn't work out that way. Yeah. It doesn't work out to that point where, you know, you can't say something to Maggie and then I'll be all like the next day, everything's all flowers and, you know, ice cream. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. You have to live with it. And um, it's that I, I, as people would say, tip my hat to you. And, and I honor that really, truly. We love everything that you do. Um, moving into your story, being in those places and being there for like that old lady or whoever it is there at that time, um, what goes through your mind? Like what, because there's got to be something other than, like you said, because people can write a report and take down and put it there and say, hey, you know what? Um, mm -hmm. This is how it's going to be. Um, at that time, were you, would you pray before you would do it? Or were you just like, okay, God, this is just you and you got to go before me? Many, many times. Um, and this, I think, is kind of my walk, my journey. Yes. Many times before going to these um, calls, I would pray. I would ask God for the strength. Right. Just to, please, God, just give me the strength to, this is going to be a tough one. You know, I, this, these people, I'm going to have to tell them that they're, they're teenager, you know. Right. And, you know, it's just, it was very, very tough. And, um, or, you know, baby death or, or something like this, or just any one of these things. Please, God, give me the strength to, to be the person that this person needs at this moment. And you, you know, you have to do it. There's a, a way to do it. And, you know, that you have to be official about it, but you have to be compassionate about it too. And you just can't do it and walk out the door. No. So that was going to be my next question too. Like, you don't just go to the house and say, da da da, and then be like, okay, someone will contact you later. Yeah. You're there for a minute, you know, and when I mean a minute, like you're, can I hold your hand? You know, can I, what can I do for you right exactly. now? And that's where you have to be. Yeah. And that takes a lot of humble. 
Like, because you have to make sure that they're not looking at you just as a law enforcement. They're looking at, you're looking at them as a person. You're a person. You have a family. You have, you know, they don't know if you got kids. They don't know, you know, if something just happened to your wife. They don't know any of that. They don't know your story. All they see is a man in a uniform and how is he going to be? Mm-hmm. And that's huge. So you, when you put the blue on, you you make them who they should be and who we should be able to trust. And you have to be able to, like I maybe mentioned that you have to be able to, to turn it off. There's a time and a no. place to be the, you know, the, you know, the big bad police officer there that, you know, okay, just the facts kind of thing. There's also time that you, hey, if you need to sit down and pray with that person and have a problem with that, if you want to sit, be able to sit on the couch with that person, being able to call the boss up and say, hey, do you mind if I spend a little bit more time here because they, they need something? Awesome. They don't have anybody else right now. That's awesome. And, um, you know, that was always my, I try to let out, you know, train officers and, and um, exhibit that behavior that I want them to uh, to go before I go. And hopefully it still does. I'm sure it does. There's plenty of great officers out there, but I just don't want them to ever lose that that compassion part of it. Um, right. We have to have that. So like you said, there's an, an off switch. Like, I, I know I wear a badge, but right now I'm going to be, whether you want me to be a prayer partner, a father, a brother, or a son, whatever you need, that's what I'm there for. And I'll, and I'll tell you this too, it's very, very difficult to hold the tears on sometimes. I've had many, many times that. where I, and I, I'll admit it, I've gone out to the patrol car and I've had to decompress and I've cried out there just, and I know other officers have too. And it's, I want to let them know that anybody that's watching, it's okay to do it. You have to do that. You have to get it out. Don't be that macho man and be like, mm, and then wait till no. you leave if you got to step out for a moment. And we, we always talked about it, you know, the difference between uh, firefighters and, and cops. We work very closely together, but one of the differences, the firefighters, they're a team of three usually, and they go and they do their thing and then they're out. Right. And they, they, you know, sometimes they do a notification. Sometimes it's us, but usually it's they come and do their thing, try to work on the on the patient. And, um, you know, if the patient goes to the hospital, that's one way. Or if the, the patient passes away, then they do their thing and then, and then they go. But they go back and they can decompress with the three of them. They go back to usually a fire station, which is really good. Right. And we've talked about you know that before, but cops, what do we do? We get back into the patrol car and go by back. ourselves, and then go look at the calls that are pending. And you know, okay, I'll take the next call, and you carry that with you, and then then you go home. And my wife can attest to this. So you, just, you know, what happened? How was your day? I don't want to talk about it. Wow, you know, I just I, I don't want to. I just don't want to talk about it. I just I just want to. I, I don't know how to talk about it. It was a crappy day, and right. um, I got better about talking with her about things or certain things I didn't I don't necessarily want her to know graphic details about right. sometimes she I mean she works in the healthcare industry so she's aware of a lot of this stuff but I I can't thank her enough for right. um, being there <laughs> for me you know she was my rock um, you know so it's it's very very difficult this is a profession that historically they just people just you know it's kind of frowned upon to go talk right. about your feelings and all that stuff no. and I'm telling you, you you can't do it you know you just can't do it you can't go on and expect to have a 30 year career and now it's even longer for these new guys yes. and and have this ba- this backpack with boulders in it carrying around it'll eat you up it'll absolutely eat you up well that just hit me right now when you said you go into that type of situation and then you get back in your unit you pat- your patrol car and then you're looking at calls and it could be a, anything it can be uh i don't know something stupid you know and i don't mean stupid stupid i mean like, yeah what's next know, in my what's, what's the next yeah, call pending in my it beach it could be oh, okay um two teenagers are arguing when you just 
had to tell a family member or be somewhere there with them, or it can be, um, I don't even know. I, 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 I'm trying to, in my brain right now, trying to not, nothing light about it, but trying to be in your seat right yeah. now. And I can't, I can't be in your seat because I'm, I can't even think trying to look at a call. I'm like, oh, gotta go over their house yeah. again. You know, they're arguing again or, yeah, yeah no. Wow. I never knew that. Which is, I you know, that, that. It, it explains something else when people get an officer, they get their car broken into or their, you know, a window vandalized or maybe they get an offender bender and an officer comes out and that officer isn't in the best of moods. Right. We don't know what that officer just came from and had to deal with. We don't know what that officer had to deal with two days ago and still is still processing it and still can't get those images out of his or her mind. We don't know. So I, I, you know, like people to just kind of take that into consideration, you know, some, sometimes we have bad days and that's okay too, but we should be professional a lot. But also sometimes it's really hard to, to wrap that up and and uh not and pretend like it doesn't affect us there and it's going to come out in some way shape or form right right now i just like just brought to me again like next time i see them out there in their uniform i mean you see them and you're like hey what's up and they got to show that facade of being mm-hmm. happy because we don't know what they just went through and i never looked at it like that yeah so thank you for bringing that light yeah. to my yeah. eyes and and me actually knowing that because i'd never here i walk around in, in our town and i'm like hey how you guys doing Mm -hmm. oh my god and and not knowing what call they just came on or how many hours they've been sitting there is this the first lunch that they got or is this lunch their breakfast because they didn't get to have whatever or they got ot and right now as i sit here i just realized that like yeah never really paid attention to what law enforcement really went through or what they do yeah wow and that bringing us to your faith and that's when you started praying and and who would have known no one would know that before those calls or when you're out there you know lord be with me you know go before me god because i cannot do this i need your strength and your help and that's awesome to hear because knowing that there's still law enforcement out there right now that still pray that still take their job seriously and i'm not saying none of them do but i'm saying take it to the next level i believe just sitting here talking to you right now that you took it from being the man of the home starting work at a young age god preparing you for each step of your way from the um the trust with the the What's her name? JC and you know, going through your divorce and moving forward and doing all that stuff that God has just um prepared you for everything which he always does. And then you get to retire. Um, so I'm gonna take a little shift real quick. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you said you you retired mm-hmm. and uh and you were looking for hobbies. Oh, I know where you- this is going. <laughs> well, when we retire early, some of us like to recapture our youth, and uh, it's it's interesting, um, and we can laugh about it now. I, mean, I saw you look at my leg shifting under here. Well, well, why, you know, we all know with those electric scooters. We've gone and uh, some of us have gone out to L.A., San Diego, and all that, and they have them renting or the line birds or whatever they call these right. things, birds, line line bikes or whatever, and all these are a blast. And I did it down in San Diego, and and uh, it was fun then. Huh? It was fun. Just a, it's a blast, and. Uh, you know, we end up buying. I thought they were okay. Something to do. We 
we like to get out on the weekends and do different things. I'm like, okay, we could maybe go to, I don't know, around South Lido or whatever and throw these in. And they fold up, they'll throw in the back of our car and, and uh, we can go for um, a little scooter ride and, <laughs> and all that. And um, I remember just getting on. She was happened to be working from home that day. And uh, I said, hey, I'm going to go down to the post office and uh, drop my mom's birthday card off. And uh, we live around the corner from the post office downtown. And, and I'm going to take the scooter. And uh, my wife, Maggie, says, um, I'll make sure you wear your helmet. <laughs> and we bought these really cool Tony Hawk helmets that I hadn't worn yet. I, I uh, admit, um, kids, wear your helmets, uh, please. Yes, very, very um, important. I hadn't worn my helmet up, and I've ridden it around the neighborhood, took it out four or five times, and I had a blast. And I'm like, I don't want to wear this. I look like a dork and, <laughs> and all this stuff. Here's this 52 year old guy, 53 year old. I don't forget how old I am. Um, out riding a, a, a scooter, but it was fun. I'll admit, it, it was fun. And so I go, I, I put my helmet on, and I took a selfie. I, I showed her my last picture before. <laughs> The, the injury and uh said see honey i got my helmet on and and um so i go up to the post office drop my thing off my my letter or my birthday card off and i came out and something happened i wobble and i and i uh i went down and uh i don't know if i blacked out or what i woke up oh, and no. my foot was in the wrong direction i was in the middle of the roadway my foot was my left foot was in the wrong direction i knew it was bad um some uh thankfully a, a city of brentwood employee came and parked behind me and and then i had another lady come up and ask me my name and asked uh if she could pray for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this must be really bad. <laughs> God bless her for for that. But um, uh, and I called. I remember calling my wife. I I found my phone. I called her. I said, honey, I need you to. Uh, for, for for some weird split second, I thought maybe I can just walk home. My foot was literally it was barely hanging on. Uh, without getting too graphic about it, it was bad. But we're and, gonna show pictures of you. Oh, um, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I called my wife. I said, um, uh, hey, honey, I uh, I I uh, I broke my ankle. I think that's what I said, right? I broke my ankle. I'm out here with the post office. Well, I, I have a history of being a joker. I, I practical joker. I, I joke with it. God bless her, but she puts up a lot from me. And she thought I, I think she thought I was joking at first because it was the whole put your helmet on thing. And I said, no, I'm, I'm serious. I, I broke my ankle. And um, she ended up coming down. And you know, I, I, I hated that she even had to see it. But um, we all seen it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it's OK. Um, yeah. So that was that was interesting. Um, I survived 30 years of law enforcement without having to take a ride in uh, in the back of an ambulance as being a patient. Um, so I uh, got a nice little ride down to um, Kaiser and they had some surgery done. And what are we, six months later? Six months later, I'm still kind of hobbling around, but I'm, <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm, I'm up to, I know I run into you guys when I'm walking in the neighborhood. <laughs> yes. I, I'm up to walking about three miles now and, and uh, riding my bike. So it's just, uh, it's it's getting there. It's getting there. But we, we were able to get this uh, exchange back for the scooters. Oh, did you? I was, that was yeah, my next question. Back. You took them back? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, we, we <laughs> took them back. I, I'm very thankful that it wasn't her that right. got, got oh, injured. I, I don't, I don't think she tried to jump curbs with it, though. No, I don't even know what I was doing. I just, you know, I just, it's a young it's a young person's thing. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I realize I that now. Yeah. So, saw, yeah. We saw the pictures. I was like, Oh, yeah like, holy smoke yeah. yeah that's crazy um grandbaby 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 yes yes I see every time we see you at the park walking the grandbaby and he how's is, that being a grandpa oh my gosh he <laughs> is a blessing um that's he really is a blessing and when we talked a little bit about retirement and there's days where it's just it's like oh my gosh what am i gonna do what who really comes out of who am i and right. who, who is todd now after i've retired <laughs> i'm not a cop anymore and we right. we always say don't that's not your identity 
you have another identity and you kind of lose track of that and like what what are what do i like to do well he keeps me on my toes and he uh, he's just a blessing he's absolute blessing they live with us and right on. And i love it, it. Is, uh, i love it <laughs> i get to see we've we've seen him every first right? pretty much every yes. first we get to experience yes. um yeah you know, i'm his papa and yes. he uh it's it's just a blessing so that's uh people ask what are you doing in re- retirement well i'm like well i'm a papa Isn't that you know crazy? and you know everything that goes along with being a pop so it's fun yes they say you love your children but your grandchildren are it's just totally different it's different yeah it's we, different. we we can be we can be the spoilers and yes you know and they they he's starting to figure that out he's starting to, uh, <laughs> to come hide behind uh Gemma and papa now and <laughs> <laughs> and start all the little chaos yeah. and be like oh, I yeah. Can do it. yeah yeah but it's he's a blessing and it's been uh, absolute joy in our life that's right so we're going to backtrack just a little bit um your bride your yes. beautiful bride um when did you two meet we met um in 2005 uh mm. literally two months um we started saying the story about yeah two months after and- <laughs> the, the the big divorce and um she was working in concord at the time and and uh, i i was able to get the cur. i didn't expect her to, to want anything to do with me i mean my ego was so small at that time <laughs> So your your partner, right? You're you were working at that time, though. You're the one that said, "Hey, what about my buddy? Yeah. Your buddy yeah. was he a law enforcement as well? Yes, or? yes. Um, so she wasn't in law enforcement. So you must have was he a, she a friend of his or was her, she? Her you go friend, to the her friend is my best friend's friend or oh, her wife. Okay, wife. Yeah. okay. So they were friends in high school. So it was Got again it. small world kind of thing. But yes, yeah. yeah. Right away, it's like, hey, how about Maggie? Yeah. <laughs> so and here we well, are. Well, he did great. Uh, he did great for you. Yeah, okay? he did. He, he really did. did. I don't know yeah. what she's doing with me, but you know, I'm blessed. We're find I'm, that I'm out. absolutely we'll find very that blessed. <laughs> we'll find out the truth. Um, so, being a grandpa, being a husband, being retired. Um, so, what? What are your? Do you have any plans? Like, you know, as being retired, we know Maggie's still working, but do you have any plans? Like, you want to? Right now, we uh, we've talked about that. We we don't have any immediate plans. We do like to right. do little short trips and, and that kind of thing with what we can. Um, Maggie's fortunate. We're where um, her work is a little flexible, she can work from home sometimes, and and she's nearby, so she doesn't have a long commute. Right. So it makes it a little bit little easy if I need something, or she needs to work from home and or help out with Ryland or, or whatever. Um, but uh, right now, I think my, on my end of it is kind of figuring, just kind of figuring who I who I am. I have my own journey, right. a journey with Christ, and also journey with with figuring out who is Todd. You know, right. after after this, I you know people ask that question all the time: Are you gonna are you gonna get another job? I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I could, I. I I really don't need to, but I, I I need to kind of figure some other things out. I mean, I being home with Ryland is is, is, is great. Have a job, and, grandpa. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and exercising and try to get you know back into shape a little bit and um, stay healthy. And um, right now, that's my focus. And um, again, my journey with with Christ and and I I still say that I'm in the beginning stages here because right. even though I've you know through law enforcement now I'm really with I would say within the last couple of years I've really gotten a lot closer and. Accepted um, awesome. Christ as my Lord and Savior, and awesome. Um, and I'm looking forward to to that journey. So that is so awesome. It's funny how we um well we learn something new from him every day. You know, the more I read, uh, the more I understand his plans for my life. Um, and I just think it's great because just when I think it's my plans, it turns out to be not my plans. It's his plans. Yeah. 
um, other than that, you're, like I said, a very, you are very humble. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't know if people tell you that. And, and like you say, I don't take any credit for anything. And um, just speaking with you is amazing. Um, your story, which I remember at the beginning, you're like, I don't even think I have a story. You do have a story. And if you could give anybody any advice um from we're gonna go back to when you were growing up with your mom and being the man of the house and taking that responsibility um as they call the gen z is that what, is that what they called? call them now i guess gen z i don't know is that what yeah okay i see cody over there shaking his head <laughs> so like the gen z right now um which my grandson says he's the gen z and that's where i get it from um, he wants everything handed to him and it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, what advice could you give them? If there's somebody out there right now listening to us or watching us um, and they're trying to walk in that, whether it's believing in God or knowing Jesus, that relationship, or just trying to find themselves. As a young man, when you were 15 or 12 or however old you were, um, as growing up, what could you give them? What kind of advice would you give them to be able to accept the fact being a man is, isn't easy from my understanding you know i'm not it's just it isn't easy because it isn't easy being a woman and a mother and a grandmother and all that but what advice would you give them to keep them going to the next level that's a tough one because of the such the the culture change that has that has occurred a time between the, the time i was 15 right that age to where it is now um i know it sounds a little cliche but listen to your parents when they you know they're you know, what do they call us now boomers or whatever it is <laughs> I, I don't know what it is whatever they are they're just a boomer and you know that but but listen to them when they you know they say that um you know when i was your age i had a job and i you know i learned skills and 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 that sort of thing um at a, you know a very early age i learned how to change my my oil or you know i i scrub toilets for a living to you know to pay the bills or, or whatever listen to them um right. because that teaches you how to it teaches you you know work ethic and um how to get along to people how to how to talk to people um we used to see kids that were coming in to apply for law enforcement it was their first job wow and you know law enforcement is something that you know i think the standards have changed unfortunately um quite a bit but you know we wanted people with work exp- or with some kind of life experience something right. we didn't want to see well i let's see i graduated from high school and then i went to a four-year college and then when then i'm here now well what's your work history I, well i haven't worked i worked at starbucks for six months or whatever well we want to see some work ethics and that they put up for the, you know is is it's just not there they this is a you know i think a lot of stuff i think social media and all that stuff is is um has done some bad things to the kids where they you know they want everything instant yeah uh, you talked you mentioned earlier they they want they want things and they want them now right because yeah. that's and it's not their fault that's just the way society and and technology and all that stuff is is brought up to them they're not they weren't brought up you know they're brought up with i get i can do doordash or i can do this or i can find out the answer to this thing here without even opening a book all i have to do is you don't even have to type it in you can speak it they google <laughs> right. what who you know right what's this and and um that's just in their minds and and so i I would again going back to what advice i would say listen to your parents when when they say you know i want you to get a job it's not because they're they're not, you know they're, they're sick of you around the house i mean i don't know maybe that might be it but <laughs> you know they, they want you to instill the, the work ethics and the responsibilities yes. in there because that is going to carry through for the rest of your life right um and i'm very thankful for that um i was i'm very thankful for we didn't have a lot of money when, when we grew up and and um like i said we that's what that's just 
it was normal. It was just normal. You didn't think twice Alert, about it. Yeah. Now, now there's a lot of thinking twice, and well, I don't want to. I don't want to flip burgers, or I don't want to do this and do that. And right, so. it's funny that you say that because, like, my grandson, he is a right now. Like, I want it now. You know, he's eleven, and um, but since he was five, he's always wanted to be a police officer, and it's scary right now. And he still wants to be a police officer. He's in Pal right now, mm-hmm. and he's the youngest one. He wants to be a police officer, and he still talks about it till this day. And he said that. That if he can't become a police officer, and I told him that it's not used in our vocabulary, it's not a, I can't. Mm-hmm. He said he wants to be a fire, not a firefighter, a pilot. I guess the yeah. uh, and he wants to protect our country, and so that even scares me more. But he is veering towards that. He yeah. can tell you everything about World War One and Two. That's awesome. Everything he can tell you every plane they've ever created in history right now. Um, so it's scary, but it's the responsibility of where he wants to go and what he wants to do. Yeah, but he's still that gen z where it's like you know gimme gimme yeah, you know yeah. he said there was kids at school ordering doordash and they had to take phones from kids i'm like don't, are you ridiculous kidding me? Yeah. it's like yeah, yeah lunchtime yeah. and you know and i i told him i don't want to know who it was but yeah. i asked him where's your phone at and he says oh we have to put it in our backpacks yeah. so we can't take it out and i'm just like yeah, you better not ever wow. take your phone out of your backpacks like things have just, changed it's crazy and like you mentioned you could speak into a phone now and don't have to open a book no you don't have to like and so i'm i i ask that like what advice you can give because listening to your parents is really the true thing to do yeah. because we've been there we've done that we've already went through it um through good bad and ugly it's all been the same uh, the one thing the other thing i wanted to add is is i didn't have that opportunity but when we talk about faith and all that there's so many churches um that have youth groups and they get yes. the, the the kids involved yes. and it's such a great play i wish i had that growing up um it probably would have changed things for me um you know my direction a little bit maybe maybe not but um it's such a, a great thing for kids to get involved in and the world right now awesome. is a i will say i used to work with kids i was an sro for a little bit at, at, at um at concord and i worked with kids a lot and it's a very and this was several years ago i can't imagine what's going through their minds post covid right. it's a very scary place it's a very there's a lot of questions there's it's very scary for them and um one thing that i have found especially while this craziness is having that faith right is if you know what we're gonna be okay it's gonna be some scary scary times that we're going to be okay right and for kids to to be able to get that um you're hanging out with with um like-minded kids at school and you can ask questions or at the youth groups and ask questions and and start your journey then um it's i would also step. recommend med, recommend that as well and it's, it's, it's fun for these kids it is it is and it gets them off the street and, and they're they, you know they're they're starting their their path so that pal and everything else that they have the resources yeah so when um todd said sro sro i can't even say the letters um school, school resource, resource officer, officer. Yeah. um for those of you that are watching or listening um todd was in that in that you were the school resource officer at that time um is there anything that you can say from now like from today um what would be good for anybody who's watching or listening um any advice other not going back to when you were younger but right now um if you want to follow a path or a career and have christ you know guide you what would be something that you would tell our listeners and our viewers i would say uh, don't be intimidated um that's good it's it's uh, everybody
everybody's path is different. My path is different than my wife's path and my buddy's path. And um, but I'm on a path and yes. um, ask questions. You know, there's plenty of people that you can ask questions. Find a if you if you choose to go down this path, and I highly recommend it. I mean, I, to, to be able to have that, yeah, I, I drew on that strength really without knowing it. I think throughout my career, right. Um, now I'm kind of putting pieces together, but um, get involved. You know, get involved with your church and get involved and ask questions and learn the word and and you know do something. Get a daily daily devotional thing where yeah, you know, first thing you look, you know, instead of looking, I'm the worst one to do this. I put, turn on the news <laughs> in the morning, but I'm trying to break that habit and get into daily devotionals right. and, and and get in the word. Um, break some of those habits there. Uh, it's helped me out a lot too. I just just don't be intimidated by. It. There's nothing. That's good. Yeah. You know, that's good. Life is a life's a journey, and we try to do the best that we can. Mm-hmm. But we all know that what Christ centered is the biggest thing. And um, we want to thank you, Todd. Um, You're welcome. If there's anything you want to add to this, or because you did have a story, and as much as you kept saying, I don't have a yeah. story, you do have a story. Hopefully, it was interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting. And for me, like I said, it brought back as you speak, it brought to the point where God was preparing you all through that time to be at those specific. You know, specific places at each time, and yeah. and it, it, nothing is by coincidence. People, everything is by divine appointment. Um, it's a timing. It's God's timing. Um, we'd like to thank you again, and uh, we'll be hearing from your bride next. All right, all right. Thanks. <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for watching this episode. If you'd like to go and support us, you can by going down into the description to our Patreon and our other social media platforms. We give all the praise to God. Have a blessed day. Peace.